Okay, so I have it. You know, uh, a, a video of you hitting the bag in your garage there, Joe. So and, it's a boxing, um, yeah. <laughs> and you are, uh, I mean, you are noticeably slimmer. It's uh, what a younger looking right now. All that jazz. You look great. Talk Did to me. Julian just bombs? You know, what are you doing? Did you do anything different? Sorry, I froze up for a second there. Yeah, I'm just trying, trying to get in shape, paying back a lot of taxes. You know, yeah. uh, startups mm-hmm. and kids aren't exactly great for the boxing mm-hmm. career. Yeah, yeah, the worst. Um, yes. I remember a video, a picture of me from Breather back in the day, and looking at back at that picture and being like, "Oh God, I look terrible." That was before pandemic. Now that is my worst, and I'm working my way back. So hopefully, uh, it seems to be working for you. And I'm hopefully, at the opposite. Work for me. I'm at the opposite end. Me, me raising money, which is actually <laughs> I'm getting some money in, which yeah. is better than that's that um, airport food. Uh, it's, yeah, that's what it must be. I don't know. I think I've put on like 20 pounds since we started racing. The tacos <laughs> you had with me in San Francisco do not help. Uh, so we have, we have Joe Fernandez, a legend, a legend in the startup world. We always have him sort of, but, uh, but we had this discussion around ship your company, Kevin, your previous company. Yep. I was just looking at the rebrand and how you got like five articles just for a rebrand. That's how hot your company was. And and uh, Joe was kind enough to say, we should talk about clout and debrief on clout. And clout to me, to give a context to the listener, is first, first of all, I, I was a writer and I was a social media person. Then this was the this was the height of social companies. Everyone was starting social companies, uh, you know, Friend feed was bought by Facebook. All this stuff, social was wild. And and which year? Which year are you talking about? Which God? It feels like two thousand nine. Two thousand nine yeah. is when my first book about social was published. And so, right. uh, when that happened, I think cloud is probably mentioned in that book. And cloud to us was the center of everything. Everybody knew their cloud score, all that stuff. So we're going to talk about cloud. And Joe, it's I want to thank you for your openness in, in in chatting about this with us. It's of course a super long time ago. So first of all, walk us through the very beginning of starting this business. I know you wrote the first lines of code. You know, how how did this how did this all begin? <clears throat> sure. Yeah. And I really loved Kevin's episode on ship and definitely inspired inspired me and you know the feedback from the audience inspired me also to to tell some of the clout story um I, maybe i'll just start with like what clout was because mm. it's been long enough that it's been i a long I, time yeah that's why i more asked the year. More, yeah yeah more and more meet people that are like oh i was in like middle school then <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean it feels like i'm talking about like geo cities or something like really old mm-hmm. um so basically clout was a one to 100 score on how influential you were across social media. So we ingested Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, like every social network, analyzed the content and analyzed who reacted and how they reacted. And, Mm. you know, had this crazy machine learning algorithm that gave a one to 100 score and then had topics so you could be influential about sports or fashion or finance Mm. or whatever. Um, Consumers would sign up to to get their cloud score. We had an API where 
We were doing billions of transactions a day of companies hitting our service to get cloud scores Mm -hmm. and doing really interesting things with that. We can talk about later. And then brands would pay us to connect with these influencers. And it, you know, a lot of people say it's kind of like the first real influencer model. And obviously influence uh, marketing has gotten so huge. Mm -hmm. We did a lot of things that were quite different than what, how it has evolved today. But, um, you know, it's fun kind of looking back at those early days. Um, so that that's what cloud was. And then it all started in late 2007. De- December of 2007, I had jaw surgery. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> my jaw was t- completely wired shut for three months. So coming into 2008, like literally boxing couldn't thing? talk. I'm sorry, what? Is it a boxing thing? It, I wish it was a boxing thing. It was like, there's no <laughs> good story. It was like, my jaw was just like misaligned. They had told me when I was like 17 okay. uh, that I would need this surgery. And I waited till I was like 30. Um, okay. And it ended up being really intense. Like my jaw was completely wired shut where even like my mom or my girlfriend, I'd have to write down like what I was saying. Like no one could, I imagined in my mind like, oh, my jaw is wired shut. I just talk like this. But it was like, couldn't speak at all. Like. You know, everything was really jacked up. And uh, so in that moment, you know, I was like stuck in my apartment. I was living in New York City. It's middle of winter. Uh, I'm on a lot of drugs for this surgery. Mm -hmm. And I can only rely on Twitter and Facebook really to communicate. Like I was Mm -hmm. super isolated. I couldn't speak. And it's early in that social media wave, 2008. But like, I had been using them just kind of casually. And then in this moment was using them like depending on them and on a lot of drugs and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And they had APIs and my background was an engineer. So I built a prototype for cloud. I was like, kind of the thesis was every person was going to be a broadcaster. And if you could measure that, that it would be valuable. So I yeah. like mm-hmm. wrote a really simple algorithm and scraped together, you know, like some pretty basic stuff to like pull data from the APIs. And, mm-hmm. um, and that was really the start of the cloud score. So the, this is in, at the, at the time, I'm, I want to say I'm 27, 28, we're in the social world and we're trying to figure it out. And, and everyone is saying like my co-author of my first book, Chris Brogan was a super internet famous dude at the time. And so, so people were like, oh, this guy is highly influential. This guy is kind of influential. Mm -hmm. This guy is up and coming. But of course, and by the way, everyone's talking about social, writing eBooks about it, all these things. And and so people are starting to say, let's spend money in this channel, talking to influencers, all these other things. But there is no measurement scheme at all. Right. And so that is the landscape, is someone comes in and says, Here's a measurement score. And for some reason, I, I Joe, I want to hear it takes off. So go on. The, well, yeah, to, I, to, I, to me, just to step in there, there to me, what there was, wasn't there kind of, I don't know how you think about this, Joe, but like how I thought about it before, like being an early user of Facebook, like, I don't know if you guys remember, there was like the, the rush up to get as many friends as you possibly could for no like real reason at all. And that somehow like showed that you were some sort of influencer or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same thing with Twitter for followers. So I think yeah. people did use those numbers to 
kind of yeah like, yeah you were looking at, at raw follower numbers yes but there was also like you know totally. the follower to following ratio like there were all these totally. early things totally. that totally you were looking at and saying you know oh this person is cool he follows five people but yes. he's got a million followers wow who is right. that guy right? right and so joe is in the center of it trying to figure it all out exactly yeah yeah it was you know also add before this era the previous era was like myspace and right. that was viewed that was social media effectively i don't know if we were calling it that it was certainly a social network um but it was felt very much like a kid's thing like a teenage mm. early mm. 20s thing music yeah and then all of a sudden you know twitter and facebook and this like explosion happened where it was like the conversation in that moment was like oh social media matters and it's not just for kids it matters for your career it matters for the world and people were putting a lot of effort into you know as julian said figuring that out but also into their own profiles and clout was like you know one of the first things that was just like are you doing a good job or not yeah and you know and it just it blew up it did take off like it was incredible it was like act of god it was like lightning it just took off so fast mm -hmm. and it was like you know the name clout it was like a big yep. great name uh, with with a k with a k um it we you know i call i called it the standard for influence like that was like day one like across the, the standard for influence <laughs> was like and there was other scores at the moment and you know the name mm. and that kind of took took a lot of wind out of other people's sails really um and then there was just this like ego crack component of like, mm. I want to know what everyone's score is. I want to see what my score is. Like, mm -hmm. um, that just, you know, kind of captured the meme of the moment. Is it possible, Joe, that, and this is just my memory, but like people could even put like a banner of what their cloud score was like on their site or some version like that? Is that possible? I mean, later on, yeah, we had all sorts of tools to like propagate yeah. the cloud score as far as So, but we you were, it. you were, is, is the, the, the ego crack component I mean, I want to know what my cloud score is, right? And when someone else is higher than me, I'm like, fuck that guy, right? Totally. So you could see this happening. Yeah, I mean, it was a super simple, the 1 to 100 score. We all know from school and a million other things how what that score means. And, you know, you can, it's super digestible. You can compare it. You can compete. Like, it just, it spoke to, like, a really primal instinct of, like, do I matter? I used right. to, I I used the the Chrome extension um, to show everybody's clout scores uh, against each other, and then I would use it to compare my own all the time. Um, and yeah, it was it was such a like social hook, and I was just right. yeah, it it was, yeah. was kind of like a drug almost. Yeah, it, it was it definitely. Wild. So okay, so, what the moment of lightning though? You kind of said it was lightning in a bottle that happened. What, do you remember? Was there a specific moment or something? It it was like moment one. It was so nuts. When you launched so, it. Like you launched it, you got press coverage, and that was it. Yeah. So like, you know, more context, like, you know, my background was engineering. I'd done some startups, but they were like bootstrapped, little things. Mm, yeah. I knew no one. I was living in New York City. Right. I didn't even really know what venture capital was. I had never met a single person who worked at Google. Like that's I love how, this story. Uh, you know, I love not it. like in the the scene in any way. Um, I built this thing, 
And I, so I didn't know what it even meant to launch, like how you launch. And I think at the time I had maybe 50 followers on Twitter, like 100 at best. So it's not like I had a profile or a clout. Um, and I, so there was no strategy in the launch. It wasn't like I built up to this big like press moment. Launch was, and I remember it really specifically because it was my then girlfriend, now wife's birthday, okay. which is Christmas Eve. So like <laughs> the worst, like you would never launch something on Christmas Eve. Um, and launch was just me tweeting my cloud score. I was like, oh, this, I like, I'm not a very good engineer. So like, it was a big <laughs> moment that I like figured out how to like make it tweetable. And I was like, okay. I tweeted my cloud score and we went to dinner. And I was like, before we go I to dinner, I want to get this that. done. We tweeted wow. my cloud score and I came back. And like that night and over the next few days, like I, I got a gawker, which was like, you know, a big yeah. gawker mm -hmm. wrote an article about cloud on like day two. What wow. the fuck? On like, it was truly and, like viral. It was truly viral. And then, wow, uh, there was the first week of January. So again, this was Christmas Eve, like that week between Christmas and New Year's, just like dealing with signups. And here's the funny thing. The site was so bad when people <laughs> signed up, I manually would download their data, yeah. manually upload, you know, paste it into Excel. Run the formula, manually <laughs> update their page, and then manually email them that their score's ready. <laughs> so I spent that whole week just like trying to process people. I have my wife sitting next to my girlfriend at the time, now wife, mm -hmm. sitting next to me processing people. And we're like pumping out cloud scores. What, is it, what does it feel like? What does this feel like when you're doing this? It was just like, holy shit. And I was just like, I thought it would kind of, you know, it would pop. Like it was just like, uh, a fad that would go away, but I was also right. like, whoa, this is crazy. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then New York tech meetup was a big thing at the time. It still is. Uh, still is. Yeah. Um, I got a ping from somebody there who was like, hey, we're our January 3rd or 4th or 6th, like first week of January, do you want to present clout at the New York tech meetup? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. And I remember getting off the train to walk to that meeting and being like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm about and, to get. And in this front is just you right of, now. There's no, just no me, other just employees. Me. Okay. There's no employees, not even a company. You right. know, Joe, right. was it Scott Heiferman who, who invited you? Because I remember. It was Nate, uh, West, West, Nate, can't pronounce his last name, but it was Nate was like, okay. the, got it. Ran the New York meetup at that moment. Yeah. So I get invited. Uh, I'm panicky walking to the event because I'm like, I'm going to get in front of an audience of New Yorkers and tell them I have the algorithm to determine how important they are. Like, I'm going to get shit. Uh, there's a video somewhere online of the event and like my hand is like shaking, holding the mic. And I get up there and I, you know, give a little thing about cloud and wait, you know, and really positioned it, which was true is that, you know, the belief that everyone has influence and right. Our goal is to understand who they influence and about what. And this is amazing. We're we're in phase one of I, what I hope is many <laughs> many minutes of talking about this. So first of all, I'm gonna. Would you be open to me trying to find that video and maybe posting it in the notes? <laughs> would, would, yeah, or would I, that? 
And I have a picture. I definitely have the picture still. That's crazy <laughs> how big the crowd was. I remember just being terrified. Mm. Like I'd maybe spoke in front of like 10 people before. Mm. But like if, that if, was like a thousand. If we, a, if we had a producer, I would get them to put the picture up right now. But <laughs> we don't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you and so what does it feel like to present in front of all these people other than the shaking? It was, it was awesome for sure, but also just crazy. And, you know, then you get the surrounded by people and everyone's asking questions and everyone right. signs up and I'm still going home and trying to manually process wow. them. Wow. Um, so all of that was enough that I made the decision to quit my job. Like I had a job. Where, where was that at? Were you, did you write code for a living? So I wasn't like, I was like, I hadn't like started clout really like i was um like i basically i was working for a, a data company in new york i was like you know softly a late co-founder I, I ran like product and engineering for like a company that did real estate data wow um so i left i was like i'm gonna go focus on this thing i couldn't convince any of my friends to quit their jobs to come do it because new york texting wow. was still super small right so i i had i known a i knew a guy who was a new yorker he had married a singaporean woman mm. and moved to singapore and opened an offshore dev shop in singapore Cut. i did a deal with him i had no money i hadn't raised money mm. i did a deal with him to get dev hours in exchange for equity he he believed in the idea he was like this is really interesting yeah um so i got a team but this is pre-zoom pre-everything right and i had mm. managed a remote team before and knew how terrible it was i was like this won't work so i offshored myself i moved to singapore wow um, i went to it singapore and Joe, this they, story is so good. This story, I've never heard so, any of these and it, things. Does your does, does your wife come? Does your does your girlfriend no, come? We're, I mean, we're wow. just like, and this is like, you know, it's kind of a question of like, are we going to stay together? Like, it's sure. you know, that kind of moment in our relationship. Wow. We'd been together a few years, but it was like unsure. And I was like, I'm doing this thing. I'm going to go focus on this. She's in New York, so I go to mm -hmm. Singapore with no money, like, with no money for yeah. like eight months. And, um, and, you know, but I'm like starting to research and I'm like, you know, I think if I can get this prototype, if I can get from this alpha to a beta, I can raise right. money right? Mm -hmm. and then I'll be all right. And I get to Singapore and like, I don't know, one of the first days I'm there, like Lehman Brothers happens, oh, like world shit. financial <laughs> apocalypse. And I'm just like laying on the couch in the office in Singapore, staring at the ceiling, like, what the wow. fuck did I do? Wow. Holy shit. Uh, it's, I think it's economically important to state at this stage, lots of people are trying to quote unquote monetize their podcasts or monetize their social media following. And it had never occurred to me up until this time that actually that is against a mirror of economic crazy uncertainty that's oh, yeah. happening. Mm -hmm. So no wonder people are trying to figure out how influential they are and that there are 500, which at the time was maybe a lot, Instagram, or sorry, tw Twitter followers, if they could make a living. I quit my job in fucking 07 trying to monetize my podcast. And I bet people were looking to find a way to figure out whether it was, I was worthwhile. Totally. Me and hundreds of thousands of people. So, mm -hmm. so is it still going viral by this point though? 
it's ebbing and flowing. Um, you know, I, for a few months, I actually turned, like I turned to a waiting list because I just couldn't, I was manually processing everyone, oh. so, which meant not doing actual work. Okay. Um, so then I was trying to like not let it die and not let other people get ahead and kind of rush to get this thing going. I go to Singapore. I basically kind of live at the office and then I'm sleeping at one of the developers' house. I get one of the, I become friends with one of the developers who lets me stay at his house because I have like no money. Um, you know, this is another thing. Pre-AWS, so I find another friend who has a hosting service and I like give him equity to host the thing. Um, the this guy. so raw. Oh my God. Can, can I ask? The guy who. Can I, can I ask like how many. How much percent of the company did you give up for both of these developers and the hosting company? Because I'm I'm assuming at this point you don't know if this is going to turn into anything. Mm. Like there's crazy stories of, of people making like so much money off early equity. Was it anything crazy? I think it was like about four percent total. Okay, and which was fun. So funny part of that, the guy's wife, who was the developer, she would call me screaming like pay your fucking bill because he wow. you know, she ran the books and yes. and he would be like just let her vent don't worry like <laughs> he's <laughs> billing me but like he knows, <laughs> he knows i'm not paying and we have this agreement for equity <laughs> and she's calling me screaming oh that like God. you know i'm ripping them off and that she's gonna pull the plug and wow. if she doesn't get money and yeah. Yeah, a few years later, they're rich and very thankful, and they're all very good friends. And they, I wouldn't have made it without them. But it was like a very tense mm. thing. Wow! Oh, um, wow! So, I'm in Singapore. Um, girlfriend, now wife, is in New York. She decides she's kind of over New York and she wants to move to LA. Yeah. Um, she's a writer, kind of totally different world. I come back to LA. And like start trying to launch clout. I was trying to build clout in LA. And this mm -hmm. is now like early 2009. Okay. Uh, so you've been, wait, this, you've been, you've been at this for a year and a half by this point. Yeah. Have raised zero dollars. Wow. wow. It's just me. I come back to LA and I, you know, I come back and kind of, you know, move back in with my, my girlfriend, now wife. I also meet up with my first boss that I had out of college. Okay. Um, at my first engineering job. Mm -hmm. And he's the boss who demoted me from engineering to QA because <laughs> I was such a bad engineer. <laughs> he was the CTO <laughs> of this like kind of startup. He demoted me to QA. And I but we stay, mm -hmm. he's a cool guy. We stay in touch. And I ping him and he's in LA. I show him clout and he's like, this is actually sick. And huh. I convince him to join as my co-founder. Wow. Uh, and then the two of us go to back to Singapore to work with the team. So us oh, two go back to God. Singapore for another four or six months. From Los Angeles after telling your girlfriend that you're moving to Los Angeles. Yeah, we go back order... to Singapore. What? What? Uh, so we're in Singapore. Now I have a co-founder now. There's at least two of us. And we're mm -hmm. working in person with the team. Um, 
you know, there's a little bit of a weird dynamic. He's my former boss, but now I'm the boss. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, but get along great. Um, wow. We build, you know, we kind of get the thing working. And like, you know, we get to what becomes like the real launch, like the real kind of product people start to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, and at this point, point other than ma- the manual processes are, are kind of solved. Yeah, exactly. Like you can Got sign it. up. Yeah. So, but it's really, really challenging because we're trying to, Twitter is growing ridiculously fast. Absurdly fast. we are fast. trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a thing on cloud is like, the, the goal was that everyone had a cloud score. And this is a, actually an important point is like, it wasn't just the people who signed up. Like we, it was an open API. So we scored yeah. Yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the system was just always running. So like we, we, we really struggled on like getting people to getting like a profile to get a score, but then how freak, like it could be a year before that score refreshes mm-hmm. because we just didn't have the compute power. And then also the Twitter API was dog shit. Like right. it would crash yeah. all the at times the, at the moment of this recording right here, right now, we're in the middle of a struggle with Reddit and the API right. where like a bunch of these things are being shut down from Reddit and Steve Huffman deliberately mm-hmm. shut them down. He's the CEO today and he was a co-founder. Now in this circumstance, keep in mind before all this, literally the whole social web is like, we're open, we're open, we're open. Jack Dorsey, Ev Williams. Uh, the other guys, excuse me, it's insulting. I don't remember, but I don't. Those guys especially are open web advocates in a really, Mm -hmm. really big way. They're not the Facebook closed wall garden method. So every API is open. So this is a moment in time, Joe, where this was possible. Am I right? But yeah, but that's not anymore. Right. It's a different, that's why there's not a new cloud. Um, Hmm. Was it face- was this was Facebook open? There was this like, pretty open, like okay. not you know not compared to Twitter, but compared to now, it was like you know pretty open, right? Yeah, and there was some things you could do to like get to the data um, that you know are kind of frowned upon now, but we're like you know not that you were trying to do something shady, but just people didn't we didn't think of like what how the negative ways that stuff could be used, mm-hmm. um, so. Yeah, it was this moment where data was op- access was open, um, but it was really tenuous. Like, you mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of concern of like, well, you know, how long is this window open? What right. if Twitter pulls the plug, right. etc. Yeah. Of course, which turned like into be a, turned into so, be a real like an actual like real concern. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, foreshadowing to selling the company, it yeah. was mm-hmm. one of the two reasons we sold the company. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see, we are bouncing between LA and Singapore. Yeah. Um, then now we're starting to spend more time in LA and I'm now going up to San Francisco every week because I'm both trying to establish relationships with Twitter and those folks. Right. But then also trying to raise money. Mm-hmm. Um, the world so happens. Do you, you see that Twitter has, is this how you become kind of aware of venture capital? Like you see Twitter raises money. So you're like, why not clout or something? Yeah, and I started, you know, meeting people and asking questions and talking and, um, you know, just kind of bumping through the system. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's not the, like, I don't know, industrial startup complex that exists today of, like, sure. 
podcast and articles and sub stacks and tweets like didn't exist then. So it was yeah. kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, you just kind of meet people and ask questions and stumble through it. And I, th- Joe, I think like, did at, you go, go ahead? Okay. I think, I think at that time also like meetups and events were like a really big thing to, to actually meet people. Huge. And that's why I think one of the reasons San Francisco became kind of the hub for everything. That's one of the, that's the reason that I moved down there as well. Did you find that, and I don't want to foreshadow you kind of, I am going to now go moving to SF. But was that one of the reasons that you were just able to, to get into and meet so many people, yeah. whether it be developers at like the East tech events or investors? Uh, uh, well, at that time it was, it was, it was, instead of going to San Francisco, it was walking down Sand Hill, Hill Road Road, and that was the only way that you could raise any money. Um, if anybody remembers that, I remember oh. that. It, yeah, that, that, and now it's just like the last time I've been there has been, mm-hmm. I don't know, five or six years ago. Go, Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was starting to come to San Francisco every week, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it became clear that Clout needed to be in San Francisco. Um, yeah, I was out trying to raise money. I was trying to build Mm -hmm. these relationships. And it also was clear that LA wasn't there yet from a talent perspective of like being able to build this company here. I think now it's not the case, but back then it was. Right. So we packed, you know, we'd only been back in LA for a few months and packed up and moved to San Francisco. This is like early, late 2009, I think. Um, It's very clear by this point that your wife loves you. Yeah, right. I mean, she's paying the bills, so I have, like, no real income. Mm-hmm. Um, my co-founder also moves up to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, we're, like, starting, you know, we're still trying to raise money. Um, let's see, what's going I guess the maybe the next milestone is actually raising the money. So we, mm-hmm. it took me about 18 months from starting, like, having a deck, like, being like, I'm fundraising. Mm-hmm. To closing the first million and a half dollars. Right. And Unbelievable in today's standards. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. That million and a half was from 37 angel investors. So wow. it's like old small checks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, had, I mean, the, the biggest check was, was the like largest one. Yeah. Maybe 250,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, from a small Any New York shout-outs? fund. I mean, that's so many good people. Uh, you know, I had uh, this guy, John Frankel from FFVC in New York. was like, he invested in the company like eight times. Um, wow. Had Tom McInerney, an LA angel, was like an early support, key supporter. Um, Paige Craig, another LA at the time angel. Like we had a, mm-hmm. a lot of angels who've done really, really well. Like we were like their first kind of deal. Wow. Um, so that was, it's cool to see. Uh, raised a million and a half and just, you know, it's also funny. Um, it was called a series A. There was, the wow. seed was not right. really a term. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was on a $3 million pre. It was a priced round. What? $3 million. Wow. A $3 million pre. <laughs> story. Wow. So, so yeah. you, wow. Get, you gave up at this point, what is that math? Is that 40% of the company? 50% of the company. No, well, that's, I mean, that's free, right? it's like a third. Over time. You, no, yeah. but over time, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, it was like, 
And then we start hiring people in San Francisco. Okay. Um, actually, this is a key part of the story. We get our first office. And, yeah. um, you know, it's been two of us for a while. We get a third guy. Um, funny side story. Our first, one of our first contractors was uh, Howie, the CEO of Airtable. Um, he was like a contractor on, on cloud. That's he awesome. had just graduated college. <laughs> but we had... Yeah, we were yeah. like bouncing through people. Like we mm-hmm. didn't have money to bring people as full employees, so we'd contract people or whatever. We're working mm-hmm. out of like apartments and other fir- people we meet to office. We get our first office, and I'm like realizing that the relationship with Twitter specifically yeah. is key. Yeah. So Twitter key, gets a right. new office at Fourth and Folsom, South yeah. Park. Oh no, Folsom. Okay, yeah, the Fourth. This mm-hmm. is the second one because they were in South Park first, and I was going, but they moved to their bigger office at Fourth and Folsom. Mm-hmm. They have the whole top floor of this building. I get us an office in the same building. Like, you are so, it's so good. That was like, that is, yeah. There's like two things that like change the trajectory of cloud. Cause there were three things I'd say change the trajectory of cloud. There were five, six, seven other Twitter influence companies at the time. Really? Like uh-huh. anyone smart enough to hit the Twitter API and use a calculator was building a Twitter influence score. It felt like I and had just like, I had no idea. Yeah. I only thought it was cloud. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. That's no, wild. There was we weren't the first, and there was a bunch. And mm-hmm. that name Cloud putting our office in the Twitter building because like I was up there in their office enough that the person working the front desk thought I worked at Twitter. I could just like walk in. So like there would be like a rumor about like Twitter shutting off API access or something. I would just walk upstairs Boom. and go ask. And like uh, <laughs> or like if we had, you know, we would just like see people in the elevator, I'd be like, oh. What's going on with this? And like, and then the other thing, this was an era where it was like a really big deal to make the pilgrimage to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So every day, I just ran a Twitter search and people would tweet something like, really excited going to Twitter HQ today. And I would just res- respond, stop by clout. We're on the first floor. We had <laughs> wow. like the CMO of Coke in our office when we were four people. <laughs> like, we just, we like hijacked all, all the these hustle meetings. hustle you have, like, Joe. All these, all hustle. So but I mean, like, he's, he's scraping the Twitter API already, to be clear. So yeah. all he has to do is scrape it in a, in, with, with a direction. He's going to ride their wave as far as hard as I can. Yeah, we're like that little bacteria or that like, when they show like a fish that follows like a, a bigger fish. You yeah. Know? I've got two questions. I mean, Airbnb. Is... Uh, so for, yeah. first question, how big are you guys at this time as far as users and or however you measure your metrics um and then also how did twitter um i guess that was your most important uh partner how did they feel about you guys so we were growing we were adding probably about a thousand users a day okay um and that you know kind of peak clout probably got to a hundred thousand a day um but we were adding like a thousand a day so we were getting to like 100,000-ish users, hundreds of thousands of users. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, you know, when we got that office space, we were three employees, and we grew in that office to, I don't know, 15. My co-founder and I had no network in San Francisco. It wasn't like we had worked at Google or even Yahoo was a hot company then. Like, it wasn't like we had five <laughs> friends we could pool. So the bar to get hired at Clout in those early days was like, <laughs> uh, you're willing to quit your other job. So like we, 
we kind of famously went through a lot of people and because we would just be like we'll give you a shot and come in and like we you know we would there was the like hire slow fire fast we like hired fast and fired fast um that'll work that'll do us and yeah but we some people were you know we got some real interesting folks um some though were amazing and stayed with us through the whole journey um yeah but it was like a real ragtag scrappy crew I okay. years later I meet Joe, okay, and I meet him at an event. Where the hell were we? At some vineyard somewhere or something? Yeah, it was like a Chihuahua Chen, yeah. good water. He was doing there like offsite. Yeah, he was a cleaner at the time, uh, and that's how he got to know you. When I met you, so first of all, to me, you are now I know you're just a, you're just a guy, but at the time <laughs> you were a god, uh. <laughs> because like. Like clout was everything. Like, you know, in your house, and you know, like, there are books, not even chapters, but whole books dedicated to your company. Whole books. It, it was so weird because, yeah, it got so huge. Like, it became like there's a workaholics episode, like a full episode of that Whoa. show. Oh, there's books. Like, we started getting so much press. Um, I mean, we were getting like hundreds of pieces of press a day where we had to hire our first PR firm. Their job was to kill press because there was too much. Just like, wow, we, um, it was like, it was overwhelming. It felt like I was in a hurricane. Like it was just mm -hmm. getting, people were so interested in it. Just again, it was like the meme of the moment that kept going. What um, is what's your biggest fear at this time? Oh, sorry, the Twitter API, but what's the next biggest fear? Like in a lot of ways, I'm just trying to hold on. Like yeah. it, right. every day is the biggest day. You know, the biggest company I had worked at was like 10 people and I wasn't even the boss. Mm -hmm. So like organizationally, I'm struggling. Like I'm in the middle. You know, I got like everyone wants time. Like it's just, you know, starting to get real momentum. It's getting cultural momentum even faster than business momentum. Um, So it's really this feeling of like, wow, am I creating the hurricane or am I just like in the hurricane? Yeah. And mm -hmm. it was really fun, but it was like, it was wild. What did, what did you feel like yourself? You're still in a $4.5 million post at the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're still in a $4.5 million post. And money's, <laughs> yeah. So we're like, yeah, we don't have a lot of resources, but mm -hmm. we're getting a lot of interest. And so here comes the, you know, what is the series B? And Everyone wants the meeting, you know, it had taken 18 mm -hmm. months to raise the series. Hey, like this is going to go fast. And, but it's still, you know, there's still a lot of questions. Um, there's questions about me. Like there's a lot of firms who are just like, I had multiple firms like literally say like, we're into your company, but we think like we would need a new CEO. Um, have At least like, they told you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's like a whole other story. Um, have, <laughs> you know, just questions of like, is this a fad or is it, you know, there's still like debate, but people want to take the meet. People are really interested in, yeah. like, you know, it's like kind of a hot deal. Uh, super dr drama around. Like this is a whole episode, like, you know, super, super drama. Like I did a lot of things wrong and things got a little crazy, but Kleiner ends up leading the round. And okay. so this is a yep. Series B. It's $8 million on a $15 million pre. 
and right. you know just a lot then and um, yeah we have the stamp of approval we have kleiner like and kleiner's still super hot yep yep uh, that's right being gordon yeah being gordon leads the deal the other two boards he's on <laughs> are zanga and amazon at the moment yep yeah, and, and like Gordon is still host. amazing, even he's today. A, I think. Yeah, I, I, he's, he's incredible. Think, you know, he's I, a co-founder of EA. I think there's a. I think he was the one who may have actually suggested uh, Jeff's um, Crate Prime. I think that's that's. Yeah, that was his contribution. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, not bad. So <laughs> this is you know important. You know this that that stamp of approval is key, but I'm bringing. We never had a board before this. Mm-hmm. And now I have a, you know, I have a Kleiner. I'm like, I've never been to a board meeting. I don't know mm-hmm. what board are. Yep. And I bring Bing Gordon into my boardroom, who the other two CEOs he sits next to are Mark Pincus and Jeff Bezos. Like, you know, two of the, in that moment, like the two alpha baddest CEOs on the planet. I and relate like, to this story so cool, much. What are we doing in this meeting? <laughs> I, I love everything. I hope we do five episodes on this. Keep going. Go on. It's a disaster because, like, I, I'm just so over my head. Yeah. Um, and Bing is great, but he's a lot, and I'm not yeah. there to to spar with him and to like get the most out of him. I'm also like, you know, you asked this question of what am I afraid of? I'm afraid of screwing up, and now I'm looking at it as like, well, I have Kleiner Perkins in the deal. They right. did Google. They did Amazon. I've got access to these people. I should mm-hmm. listen to them mm-hmm. because they're probably smarter than me. There is a, I asked Kevin during the ship conversation, the mm. following thing, this is a phase where you felt I am God, right? And I believe that the loss of founders where their thing takes off, they at least have one moment, you know, by themselves. They don't tell anyone, but they feel I am God. And Kevin said, yes. And I, I know I've felt that like an idiot in my past. And so is this the moment or are you still more like oh, afraid no. of the big wigs? I'm still like afraid. And in fact, I'm hiring a CEO coach to like help me with presence and mm-hmm. help me with like mm-hmm. confidence in those moments and things yeah. like that. Like I'm, yeah. I'm kind of just like, oh, shucks. Like I built this thing in my bedroom and now <laughs> like people Big care Gordon. about it and what's going on. Do you, do you think that that had anything to do with the time, the, just the, the way things in tech kind of shifted and how all you saw, you saw all of these other people, especially if you lived in San Francisco or whatever, you saw all these peers that just created these massive companies and like, and it's just like, well, why can't I do it? And that's definitely what happened to me. Mm-hmm. And for, for you to be a total outsider, Joe, do you think it was more on like, I'll listen to these investors more? Cause I, definitely did not get anything like that at all. I didn't feel that from starting ship. I thought that it was like great idea. My ego was it was pretty large after we got any sort of momentum, but also like we started in uh, what 5 or 6 years afterwards, so tech had completely changed, venture capital had changed. Do you yeah. think it was a sign of the times or do you think that it was just like your character? I think it was a lot of the sign of the times. My wife would definitely say not my character. <laughs> the ego is definitely not something I'm a stranger to. <laughs> um, but like, uh, I mean, I felt, you know, again, I didn't know anybody. Like I felt 
you know, that it created a really, I think, negative dynamic actually in those relationships because I was like, oh, Kleiner, thank you for taking this shot on me. I, I won't disappoint you. Like it was like uh, a power imbalance where right. they were like, okay, mm -hmm. kid, you know, we're watching you. <laughs> like, how old are you? And, Them? Yeah. And I'm not that young. I'm like 32 <laughs> at this point, 31. You okay. know, I was like, yeah, it just, I was a late starter. Sure. Right. But I'm not that young. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I was just really, you know, I was really insecure about like, I didn't go to Stanford. I didn't go to mm -hmm. any of these schools or know anybody mm -hmm. or know anything. So, you know, I just felt like a I. a boxer from Vegas. That's who you yeah. are. Fucking, uh, yeah. Just a kid from Vegas who likes to fight. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it was like a, the dynamic was weird. I struggled a lot in kind of managing that board. And, you know, I felt like we were kind of like, we lost probably a year, maybe more kind of day trading on strategy of like, Really, this is the hot thing that it's kind of spinning constantly, and is, you know, it just took me a long that, that, time. That's within your to board. Get confidence within your board that that happened. Yeah, as the board kind of came in, and and we hired a lot of people, and we're ramping, and like again, but we have massive product market. Every day is the biggest day. Right, like right, it's right, awesome from that standpoint. Right, um, and yeah, I'm going through a lot of learning. Like I'm trying to learn how to like manage the board and get my own confidence that they're just people and they're data points for me to take in and make decisions yep. against. Yep. Uh, I'm also learning, you know, clout was this thing where like everything that had been put out, I had touched in some way. Like I mm -hmm. wrote code okay. or I designed a screen or I wrote copy or I mm -hmm. did something really hands-on. To being like, oh, my job is not the product. My job is the, the, the org business. and the system. Yeah. And like thinking in systems mode. And, um, you know, so like adjusting to that. Every new person we hire is now the biggest company I've ever worked at. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're just getting massive press. And not all good press. Like a lot of it is backlash because the press right. is so far ahead of where the company is that like, you know, there's this like, that was really controversial. Like we put a number, we put your, <laughs> we built a profile for you, whether you signed up or not, and then put a number next to your face. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was like, you know, there's like an aggressiveness to that, that like, you know, yeah. and then you'd get a and lot of people, this, these articles that would be like, you know, effectively fuck clout. And they'd be like, you know, this is, this is the school lunch table mm -hmm. all over again. And like, I would never judge somebody, you know, I treat everyone the same. Meanwhile, those people are signing in every day to check their score, but it's like of course. crash cloud to right. raise your cloud. Yes. Joe, is there also, this is a, keep, keep in mind at the time, the biggest celebrities on social are not celebrities. Yeah. It's like they Ashton are, Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher being on Twitter is, is like amazing. The most, yeah, celebrity. Right. Yeah. Right. Oprah right. has Twitter on the founders. And it's like, I'm going to sign up right now. And so does Ellen DeGeneres or whoever. And that day is just the most exciting day because of real celebrity. So at the time, I'm going to guess a bunch of celebrities also check their cloud scores and they're shitty. Is that right? Oh, it's crazy. So like I get a <laughs> message gets to me from Britney Spears, like manager or somebody on her team. No. Oh, that they are pissed off that her cloud score is lower than Lady Gaga's. And they come to the office. Meet oh, with me and like no, they don't. <laughs> yeah. 
And then I'm getting messages like, you know, I get like message from Bill Gates knows his cloud score and Puffy's mad about his cloud score and like all these people like cloud. And then, and then I can see who's registering every day. And I'm like, oh, the Barack Obama account registered. And the Twitter API is a mess. I'm like, oh, we could technically DM. We could technically tweet from the Barack Obama account if we want. No. Like, you know, oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like Wild West. Wow, wow. Can I, can, can I it's ask? Really... What, so what What was the actual um, algorithm? Like, 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 as far as... I'd assume there's some sort of followers in there. Uh, how how did you actually determine influence? The engagement on tweets, obviously. Yeah. So, so, you know, it evolved a lot from like, you know, straight up a spreadsheet to a really complex machine learning model. And there were, you know, it got really, really complicated over time because you'd have like, oh, it's just Twitter. And then it's Twitter and Facebook. Then it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Then you keep adding networks. Now you have this like currency conversion question of like, is the retweet the same as a like on Facebook? And how does that compare to a reshare on this thing? And like, you know, and how do you balance those networks out? So without getting overly complicated, a few key things we cared about. There was this belief that I still believe that like we didn't really care about follower count. And Mm. it's so easy to game. And it's like, you see a lot of people with big follower accounts and really shallow engagement. What we cared about is like when you create con- content, like what's the reaction right. and who are the people reacting? So like, um, you know, Beyonce or Oprah are good examples of this. They actually aren't very active on social, but when they are, it's like massive reaction. And right. Like, right. Right. Um, so inbound outbound is like a really critical thing we thought about is like, you could brute force your way to a lot of retweets and a lot of likes by just posting mm-hmm. a shit ton of content, but you're really just noisy. Mm-hmm. So thinking about like when you create content, how do people react and who reacts? The other thing that was, you know, that I don't think people totally realize, but like we ran every piece of content through natural language processing Ooh. to figure out was this tweet or this article they shared about, you know, travel or about the city of Boston or Mm. about AI or whatever it was about to then rank you on the topic level. Um, Other interesting things about the cloud score while kind of detoured there, the score I mentioned is like the, was really dependent or really, um, there was a strong weight to like how influential the people are that interact with your content. But we would see this deflation where like around the holidays, everyone kind of went offline. So right. everyone's score would kind of like start going down and it would start dragging everyone up. There was like massive deflation. Like it became like, you know, we had oh. all these PhDs. It was like managing an economy. We would see stuff like everyone in Indonesia's scores going up. Um, and we'd have to go figure out that they're using Twitter different than we were or some other huh. weird thing and like change the model. We got really huge in Japan, really huge in Brazil, really wow. huge in Indonesia. So it was like, yeah, it was really crazy. Japan famously has their own Twitter that is like really different from other Twitters. Yeah. Is, is there a relation there somehow? I don't know. Like, I I don't know if it's like, because these like honor societies where like your name matters a lot. Um, right. But we ended up getting investors from Japan and 
being really mm-hmm. big there. It was, it was fun. So at this point, you're still Kleiner, 37 angels, <laughs> and you've raised $9.5 million. Right. Your valuation is, what was it? 22 23. Posts. I yeah, fucking like 20, love this. Yeah. And yeah, like you're getting 10 to 100,000 users a day. Is there any monetization? Yes. So we started monetizing what is called Cloud Perks. So I remember brands, those. Pay, brands pay us to connect them with influencers. And we do mm. it really, you know, this is not, this sounds very familiar to anyone, you know, influencer marketing is huge now. Ours was really different. We, you know, we would work with like our first customer was I think Starbucks. Um, and they were launching some new drink and they wanted influencers. So they wanted people influential about coffee to try this new drink. Mm-hmm. Um, we know who those people are. Mm-hmm. So we would, those people were registered for cloud. They would get an email saying like, hey, because you're so influential about coffee, Starbucks is offering you this. Do you mm-hmm. want it? So people would opt into the campaign. Then we would have Starbucks. You know, in this case, I think, I think it actually was like a thing they sold in the grocery store. They would ship it to a 3PL for us. And then we would ship it to the influencer. We never sold a list. Like we Got controlled wow. the relationship. This is actually great. That's, I mean, I was going to say it's got to be some involved in certain size of GMV or something. You became a kind of advertising broker for a giant long line of super long tail set of people or something. Yeah. And we, um, you know, we never, we also, to the influencer, we never told them like, hey, you have to tweet, use this hashtag. It was mm, like mm. the bet we made was these are people influential about this topic. If we put them in the right situation, they're going to talk. About it. And we would then Discovery. give the brand a report at the end saying like, here's all the content. Um, so we had, I mean, we, we got famous because our first set of customers were crazy. It was like Audi, Starbucks, Nike, and Virgin, Virgin America. What's this transaction size? I got to know. They're kind of like twenty-five dollars to $100,000. Okay. That's sizable. Uh, but they're, they're critical for us, not from the revenue perspective, because they legitimize the cloud. Right, right, right. Virgin America is literally giving away plane tickets to people influential about travel. It makes you care about the score. It makes the score real. All the conversation about like, which Twitter score do you follow and why are they bullshit goes away because there's now like top tier brands doing deals based on the cloud score. So this is why. And that that becomes a huge focus for us is like make the cloud score matter. So we have a giant biz dev team. We're doing tons of deals. So Mm. that's why I I think it's so interesting that like this doesn't exist even within um, the the, the, like Twitter as a platform or Instagram as a platform, right? Because all that advertisers can go off of is like, their followers or their engagement on likes and everything like that. And I guess that's one way that you can pay like $250,000 for Kim Kardashian to tweet about this or Instagram or whatever. But it seems like there should, there should be an influence in marketing. This should exist, even if it is siloed within the actual Mm -hmm. companies, but it'd be even better if it wasn't. And it was across all social networks. But I think obviously that, Twitter shut down their API and you have to pay a shitload of money for it. Facebook is basically closed. All of those other things makes it not realistic. Like 
this still does today in, in 2023 seem like something that should be very relevant to any brands. Yes, because it's a real industry now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. There's you know the platforms have made it impossible to do this. Yeah. Um, but I don't know why they don't do it themselves. I have some ideas. Right. It, it is right. Yeah, logistically painful. Um, and we really were. You know, we would tell people would be like, well, I want to get it to Kim Kardashian or Justin Bieber or whatever. And we would say that that's not like, sure, that's a different thing. We actually were really focused on what I called like the citizen influencer or the long tail yes. or the niche influencer. Right. People who had a cloud score like 40 to 60 mm-hmm. who are normal people who, you know, just happen to be the, the person in their friend group. Mine was, was really 73. On social. I have to ask you. Damn, that's good. <laughs> he knows. I, I yeah. want to know, just, we're, I would love to do a, if you're willing, I would love to do a part two of this. I yes, just realized let's do it. I got like an HBO True Blood thing in the mail. And that HBO True Blood, I didn't know what it was. It was a mystery package and it contained supposed blood. It did not, but it <laughs> looked like blood. No, it was blood. Which, no. Did someone pay you to contact me? And give send me a true blood thing. Is that how kind of it worked? Probably. That sounds like a. I mean, we did hundreds and hundreds of these, and like you know, from HBO like was a client to, um, like McDonald's was like our actual biggest client was McDonald's, but we did stuff with like Audi and Disney and like wow. I think we had worked with seventy of the like digital one hundred like consumer brands. Um. This is unbelievable. And these brands were effectively paying us for our own user acquisition. Because the box came renting it. Yeah. Because when you got the box from for True Blood, if it was from us, it came in a clout box. Like it was like a designed box that was clout. Mm. So everyone would it was, you know, so people would tweet there'd be an unboxing of like, thanks to Clout, I I got this thing. And then everyone's like, wait, what is that? And then so we would just get Every single campaign just brought us more users. So this is That's so amazing. exciting. First of all, I, this is a, an amazing series, okay? And so it, it, is. it is. I am learning so much about product market fit, even fucking work <laughs> from y'all, right? Like it's this, I, it's crazy. This is this and is what so, it really feels like when you have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I wish every entrepreneur could feel it for at least a minute because it's nuts. And it's nuts. You know, wow. So, sorry, it's like. That I were, you know, Kevin and I are both trying to like get that high back because uh, <laughs> sure, like, it's from the dragon know, baby. Yeah. Well, you know? no, no, actually, for our, for our company now, we, I we we have it, but we're a B two B company, so we don't have that consumer product right. market fit. Yeah. So it doesn't. But, yeah. it, it but doesn't the hype, the, the hype that we add, what I actually don't want to ever feel that hype again. Consumer. I get the hype out <laughs> of it, <laughs> y'all. Thank you for this. This is I, awesome, Joe. Joe, I hope you will let us do a B two. This is so fun. And I, uh, first of all, I already respected you, but I, I respect you more having gone through this. The boxer from Vegas all the way to getting calls from Beyonce. I love it. Uh, Britney and Spears. Thank you for your openness. It's been great to hear. Thanks so much, Joe. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. See you next Bye. time. Bye. Bye bye.